Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. the round five edition of the Supercoach Edge podcast. My name's Damon, and this week, our episode is brought to you by none other than COVID. Oh. Good old COVID. Tasty. As <laughs> very, very, I can tell you firsthand, Liam, that it's not tasty, as yes, oh, no. I have fallen under the AFL's health and safety, health and safety protocols. <laughs> so I had to, uh, had to get that out. Just, just choking on my COVID, don't mind me. Yes, but uh, COVID has finally caught up with me. After having dodged mm. it numerous times, but um, as you know, Super Coach never sleeps, and no. nor do I. As I welcome <laughs> in my co-host, ushering you, Liam. Welcome aboard. Thanks, Damon. You probably should sleep with with COVID. You probably should fix that. But I, I must admit, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to need to, you know, make a late change and bring in one of our top up players from the Super Coach Edge COVID <laughs> list. But uh, luckily, not yourself drink through it, Damon. Um, yeah, yeah, you're here. It's good. And, yeah, and it's a good I'm... episode to be here. It's a very good episode to be yes, here. Yes, yes, it. it is. It is. We'll get into this very shortly as to why, mm. but um, I wouldn't want to miss it. I wouldn't want to miss it for the world. I wouldn't want someone just to roll in like Franco Cozzo or one of the other ringings, as you said. Oh, we could have had Franco. Like, it would have yeah. been a good episode with just Franco. But he just would have been spruiking his bloody El Modernissimo. Like, <laughs> come on, Franco. Hasn't, you haven't sold an item from the El Modernissimo range for about 10 years. Give it up, mate. Hey, hey, but, we, we got him some sales last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I must be careful. The sponsorship as you'll worked see. out. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. As you'll say, I must must be careful with using my hands because I'm just waiting for an umpire to just roll in the door, oh, just yeah. burst through Kramer style and blow the whistle. Like, no, nope, no, nope, umpire descent. But um, <laughs> I must say, Liam, that I feel a little bit like uh, Jordan Belfort from uh, Wolf of Wall Street, where he says, "I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving." <laughs> The show goes on! <laughs> oh, yes, the show indeed does roll on. And we have an action-packed app to dive into, filled with discussion on some uh, DPP editions. Uh, mm. That happened over the weekend. And we have 
a very, very special guest joining us over this episode. Yes. Uh, let's just say, Liam, that uh, we'll give our, our good listeners and viewers the scoop by dropping a hint. Mm. But I guess that in itself is the hint. So with that, let's jump into the show. <laughs> In the good, the bad, the ugly, we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams have formed and the plays that stood out for both good and bad reasons. And I just had a shit one, let's be honest. 2,108 <laughs> was my score. Not happy at all. Uh, overall ranking of 20,059. Real dive in the rankings. I'm really, really yeah. actually upset. But anyway... I did make the two trades. I traded out uh, Baldwin to Nathan O'Driscoll with some uh, lovely DPP swings. And I did bring in Brody for Butters, as I, I think I alluded to in the episode last week. Now, I know it does sound like a bit of a rage trade, and let's be honest, it kind of was. But I think I felt like I needed Brody. And mm-hmm. I, I did discuss this with you a bit, Damon, at length. And I think the only viable candidate for me for trading in but Brody was Butters at that stage. Um, I just think that I also, I actually said this to you as soon as I saw Butters score after that game. And it was, if I'd kept him, he was going to score 50. If I traded him out, he was going to, you know, crack the ton. Uh, But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I think it's not, Oh, the, the, the super coach season is, is long. And I mean, Brody made 50 K on the weekend, which is just what I need. Some cash. Cash and uh, cash, a fattened cash cow that's it's scoring well. So I'm okay with it. But anyway, let's jump in. In the good column, I've got Jack Steele. He continued to repay the faith with a solid 131 on the weekend. And now I'll give my honorable mention to Jack McRae with a score of 153, just because you know what? It's what I expect from him. So yep. par for the course with yep. that lovely captaincy score. So you know what? Doesn't get a good mention. Uh, in the bad, <laughs> I've got our boy Matty Rao. Steve. The only way is up has become the only way is down. And he has started to, starting to bleed cash to an extent. Uh, and he dropped a little bit, but I think it's going to continue. He'll be making his way out of my side this week for an early upgrade, but we'll chat about that a bit later. And in the ugly column, I've got Brody Grundy, very poor Ooh. showing by his standards. And a, with, with that score of just 53, um, just frankly, not good enough, no. but I bet he's going to bounce back. He has a massive average against my Dons. And again, we'll chat about that in a later segment. Mm. What about yourself, Damon? How'd you go? Interesting. Yeah, not too bad. I was I was a bit disappointed because I thought like heading into the, as it always, always is the case, heading into Sunday, Sunday games, you're like, yep, I'm projected for 2,400, neck minute, <laughs> rolling out of bloody Easter Monday. It was 2,192 I scored. Mm. Um and I ended up winning, I think it was six of my 10 leagues, which wasn't too bad, but there were a couple of games there where I lost literally like by, I think it was a margin of like five points or thereabouts, five to 10 points were a couple of them. And that hurt, that hurt because I was projected to beat these uh, these opponents, but uh, c'est la vie. Um, so in terms of overall ranking, I'm ranked 5,086 overall, dropping 693 spots. So not too bad, I guess. In terms of that, um, I must admit, Liam, and I'm sorry to say this, but I was a bit disappointed with my score, and then I saw yours, and um, you've done me a bit of a favour. You've 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 yeah. pepped me up a little bit, put a bit of a pep in my step. I'm glad, I'm glad, because I was 
I was filthy, absolutely filthy. But anyway. Yeah, but in terms of trade, so um, very much like yourself, I brought in Noddy at the expense of uh, Hoff. Um, so yeah, it's, I guess it's virtually an upgrade of one stalled cash cow to one that's on the rise. So I think it kind of speaks for itself. Um, had other options as well, like yourself. I was thinking of potentially maybe trading out Baldwin, who is my loop option at the moment. And I'm glad that I didn't because uh, I used him to loop in Jack Hayes' score of 105, who was my emergency on the bench up forward. Um, but I was potentially going to swing DeConning into the forward line. And then that would have allowed mm-hmm. me to, I guess, yeah, trade Baldwin to O'Driscoll and play him on field, uh, which wasn't to be. But um, yeah. What will be, will be. Um, in terms of uh, the good, so McRae, yes, he takes the full honours here. I think it's pretty stiff, Liam. You only gave him the honourable mention. But no. yeah, I, I think I agree. It's <laughs> the 153 is par for the course. Um, but yes, doubly as good um, as he was my vice captaincy, um, which I, I promptly locked in. In terms of the bad, short, he, he's in this uh, this column here because he had an absolute stinker scoring mm. just 56 points in a day where I guess Richmond's whole defensive unit struggled against the Crows. So um, I guess I'm not too phased considering that and probably more so as well, considering that it is his first score under 100 for this season. So cut him some slack. So he's not in the ugly column as yet, unless he does it again next week. See that as a warning short, but uh, in terms of the ugly, you're very much like yourself. uh, Grundy takes the cake here with 53 points in a day where he had no real excuses, I think. And the most surprising was he had zero marks and zero tackles, which is very unbrody Grundy like. Um, yeah, and I guess it indicates that he's just doing, he's not doing enough around the ground, which is kind of what he's renowned for. And especially like, you know, sharking the ball, you know, if he's not winning the hit out, he's actually there at the stoppage, sharking the ball, getting a clearance type thing. It's yeah. It's almost like his work rate isn't up to scratch. And I don't know why strange, isn't it? Well, it was interesting. I saw some stats today that kind of alluded to the fact that he, he is going okay but it looks like he just sort of had a bit of an off game he yep. is i think the most he's the highest possessions for any ruckman um yeah. at this stage of the season so that's where it's interesting is that i i think he just had had a game where he just you know as you said he took zero marks he had laid zero tackles maybe it is just an off game and he's just it's going to bounce back i mean he was sort of averaging um not too badly before that yeah, 98, uh, 109.8 heading into the weekend. Yeah, so just yeah, sort of the true. one, hopefully the one bad game. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of an overreaction, I think, because looking at his previous scores, like that score in isolation, you're like, that's putrid. What is he doing? But I mean, he scored 124, 119, 6, and 118. So yeah, you're totally right there. I think people can't be too reactionary, which is what people are doing. Surprise, surprise. Not so much How to ourselves. How many trades is he in? He's in 7.4%. 7. 7.5%. Seven point five. Oh wow! You must have refreshed it. Seven thousand one hundred and sixteen people have traded him out this round so far. Gee whiz! It's just um, not good enough. But um, people have to heed our warning. Keep hold of these primos. Mm. But um, anyway, we'll uh, we'll be here all day if we want to delve into that. So let's quickly move on, Liam, because I am hast- hastening the uh, the chat. Because let's have a look see at our head to head. And uh, you can yeah. do the honours here because I did it last week. Yeah, of course I can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have won four games. I have lost well, four games, one for Damon, one game four, obviously, for myself with a point differential of 201. <sighs> yes, I've extended the lead out. But uh, as I always say, Liam, and as the common saying goes, a week is a long time in footy and especially in Supercoach. And uh, given it's trading season or upgrade season, 
that can turn around very quickly. So I'm not getting too ahead of myself. And very much like the baggers, I'm four and one. And I could very easily be be two and three. <laughs> to do the maths in my head, my COVID. Yes. COVID brain's not working. Yes. Very much well, like I mean, in the first couple of rounds, that is true. In the first couple of rounds, there was only sort of the, I think it was 14 points that yep. separated us after round two. So yep. very good, very true, very true. But uh, yeah, I've got a, maybe hopefully got something up my sleeve this week that might help tip the odds in my favour, but never know. I never know. But anyway, let's look back on what transpired across the round with the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to tell. In the week that was, we keep you up to date on the key talking points of the round. And the big one this round comes in the form of the DPP changes for specific players. There are 39 players in total, which you can find on our socials and the AFL website. But here are the most notable, especially for Supercoach. Uh, Damon, do you want to kick off with mids who have gained that handy DPP? Yes, there's a, there's a couple of juicy ones here. And uh, mm. from the top, we have Pendlebury, who's gained defensive status. Uh, Dane Zorko also at defensive status um, eligibility now. Dacos is the uh, is the big one. Um, yeah. It's going to help out a lot of people um, being able to swing him into defense. Um, I guess a, a D5, D6 type setup. Lipinski, he gains forward eligibility. McDonald, the youngster from the Hawks, also forward eligibility. Uh, Jackson Mead from Port, forward eligibility as well for those people that have him on the bench that need some cover up forward. And Lukey Parker from the Swans also gaining forward um, eligibility. What about uh, nice. those in defence who have gained DPP? Yeah, we've got uh, Jordan Dawson from Adelaide. He's now midfield eligible as well, as well as Sinclair from the Saints. He's also midfield eligible now. And Damon, forwards, who, who's gained some handy DPP? Ah, uh, yes. One man who uh, you're, you're yeah. uh, in tune with. Um, wouldn't melt in his mouth. This bloke, Butters, <laughs> uh, he's gained uh, mid-status. Nick Martin, uh, young gun. Oh, young, mid, I don't know what you call him, but... Um, 21. 21, yeah, he's still youngish. young. Yeah, youngish youngish. Um, yeah. Gets uh, forward mid-eligibility. And yeah. um, Tristan Cherry Zeri X-Man gets ruck eligibility. But, um, yes, I mean... Just to sort of summarize it, I kind of it speaks for itself, but this probably comes at a perfect time with upgrade season upon us with DPP swings between lines and the fact it provides further cover. And like I mentioned, I mean, Dacos is probably the one out of all of those in terms of those players that a lot of coaches already have in their team that is probably the most crucial. Um, and for myself, I guess it means I no longer have to rely on SDK or Sam DeConning mm. to play as D6. And uh, Martin, for me, is probably the most. I guess the second most crucial for mine as the midfielder forward swing, um, as he'll be probably sticking around in most teams and he definitely will be in mine for a fair while, you'd think, as one of the more reliable rookies, both, um, I guess, in terms of scoring and in um, cash generation. Mm. What are your thoughts, Liam? Just um, you agree entirely? Any, any yeah, different? I agree entirely. I think Dacos into defense, just it means that I can loop McCartan and O'Driscoll um, and sort of see who scores better. Um, and sort of be able to play that um, without having to worry about, you know, playing McCartan every week or, you know, Hinge yep. or O'Driscoll. So it, it's it's nice. It's just a bit more of a luxury um, to sort of uh, fill out the team, which is nice. 
Very nice. Well, that was our rapid fire um, explanation. If you want to see the full list, uh, feel free to head to our Facebook page and you can see it. I've um, uh, we've we've listed the full list of the thirty nine players um, outside of the more popular ones. Um, otherwise, check out the AFL website and they do have it. I think it's the um, the traders, the AFL fantasy. Uh, crew there have listed them, so um, check that out. But now, Liam, it's time to turn our attention to the trade front with The Price is Right. The Price is Wrong, bitch. Yes, in The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold, and wait options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros and cons and what we'll be doing with our teams this week. And we've structured this segment, like last week, a little bit differently. Um, and we'll run through players and give you our assessment for what to what we think you should do with them. And first up, we've got Aaron Hall, who's obviously a defender, 511.3K, averaging 98 with a break-even of 128. He's done his hammy again, and it is time to move him on. Simple sell, move him on for the likes of another primo defender. Um, you would, I mean, you could go to, you have to put in a little bit of cash because he did drop a bit with that low score. Um, but the likes of Doherty, Tom Stewart, Sinclair, um, all of those guys, just you won't go wrong just trading him off to someone that is scoring well. So definitely sell for me. Yep, sell, sell, sell. Uh, next player in uh, line is Malcolm R- Rosas. Rosas? Yeah, know Rosas, Rosas. Um, he is yeah. forward eligible, uh, comes in priced at 130.6K, averaging a 73.5. And his break even, I think it's a negative uh, 71 or thereabouts, I think, from memory. Let's see if my memory serves correct. It's... Negative 71. Look at that. Photographic memory. Look at you go. Um, COVID hasn't hasn't really killed that part of my brain, so eat a dick, mate. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I guess uh, he comes off the bubble with scores of 74 and 73. Um, Quite quite nice, quite juicy. Um, And he could be a great downgrade option that helps build bank or, I guess, fund another trade. Um, His scores have come in a win and a loss, so it's always good to see this consistency no matter how the team performs. His score in game one looks to be predominantly from his three goals, but uh, his score on the weekend looks to have come from seven tackles and 15 disposals. So, um, you know, I think for me, and I think for a lot of people, he's going to be a buy, buy, buy because, you know, he's promising, as I said, that he's scoring well enough without having to rely on goals. And yeah, he passes the eye test, um, especially in a team like Gold Coast that is going to be up and down throughout the year. Yeah, I agree. He'll be coming to my side as a handy downgrade option to uh, give me some cash to upgrade this next guy, which is Matty Rao, who is mid-eligible, 401.4K, averaging 92 with a break-even of 103. His score of 64 on the weekend means he has started to, to lose cash, and it looks as though his role just can't justify, um, you know, his scoring, playing that run with roll just isn't as conducive to super coach scoring. He's when he, when he does manage those, you know, mammoth scores that we saw in, I think round one and round three, it's when he gets that chance to hunt the footy and really be, you know, that in and under player that just gets to win his own ball. Unfortunately, he's a sell. I'm going to be moving on this week. Yeah. Um, I'll be upgrading him to, I don't know who yet, but someone, someone better. Someone juicy. Someone juicy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're totally right there. It pains me to say, but, you know, it's unfortunate as he is our boy and we've been threatening. It hasn't come out of the blue. Ooh. We've been saying that we've been sent, we've sent him through his room, giving him a slap on the wrist. And now it's, sorry, mate, we're just going to have to disown you. For the time being, he may come back in. Maybe if Gold Coast mm. play him like how he should be instead of being a run with player. But um, yeah, I can easily see him returning to those big scores when his role does permit, uh, like it did um, early on. But unfortunately, it is just too inconsistent at the present time. So um 
It may be, Liam, from one of our boys to another in terms of my boy, which uh, kind of gives away who I'm looking at, um, which we'll <laughs> delve into right now, Liam. Who is it? It is Sammy Walsh. That's it. Who is mid-eligible, 610.4K, averaging 110.8 with a break-even of 124, which seems quite high for a player that you want to be trading in. But uh, Sam Walsh looks to have settled. <laughs> quality. Back. Yeah, that is true. That is true. He looks to be settled and is back to some strong scoring with a season high of 128 on the weekend. Now, Damon, you've obviously got to keep in mind that it was in a side without Crips who is apparently set to return this weekend. I reckon he doesn't play. Uh, just feel like it's 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 gone from, oh, it's a one-week injury to, oh, he's, he's a test. We've got to make sure he's okay. No. So, Spoke about it last week. Anyway, anyway, he has shown, but he has shown what he can do, uh, do it with him in the team when he scored 124 in round three. He is most certainly one that I am considering as an upgrade target from Maddie Rao. So he is a buy, but he's also sort of a weight as well. You don't necessarily need to get him in this round. His break even is 124. Um, but so he'll probably hover it around that same price, I'd expect, with, with yeah. sort of the scoring we've seen so far. Yeah, it really depends on, I think, if you're as keen as mustard like me. Um, and, you know, we talk about, you know, not not trading with your heart always trade with your head mm -hmm. over your heart but here my heart is because you know i've been longing for him to be in my team as he was preseason yeah. before he injured himself but yeah um yes this is the first opportunity that i'm able to train him into my team and he's already you got to keep in mind as well that he's already dropped 26.7k i mean it isn't a lot but he comes at a slight bonus when you look at it from that perspective and um you know, it's going to be hard to say no trading him in this week, I think, for myself. But there are a couple of other options as well that um, I am looking at, um, which we'll sort of list at the back end. But just quickly, it could be Doherty, um, another fellow bagger who has been killing it, um, really impressed mm. and has been inspirational the way he's come back and, you know, I guess bounce back from the ailments that he had um, off field with what he's had to deal with. So, um, you know, it looks from the outset now that he's going to be a, a top six defender. Um, and there's another guy which we'll roll through as well. But um, let's have a chat about um, just quickly touching on uh, three guys, Liam. I'll, I'll, I'll handball this one to you in terms of three guys that are on the bubble, but um, are ones that you should probably you know, not really consider. Yeah, they've got three here. Uh, first one up is Marcus Windhager. Uh, second one is Nathan Kruger. And the third one is Tom Wilson. They're all on the bubble this weekend. Um, other than Windhager, who sort of is that one, I think off memory, 117K. Uh, the other two are higher priced, just under the 200K. I just don't think it's justified. I think you're probably better off uh, looking at someone like Roses instead. I think we've got another couple on the horizon as well in the terms in terms of Sam Hayes and um, ooh, what's his name? Uh, ben Hobbs from Essendon, who had a pretty tidy score considering his role. Um I think they're sort of players that I'll be looking to rather than these three. Uh, Nathan Kruger, obviously, playing a bit more as like a key position player um, off memory. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, I think yep. he's been playing so, uh, forward. Uh, a bit of utility, yeah. So yep. he's not going to be the highest. So it's, yeah. And I think those higher price points just make it a bit a bit awkward. And Marcus Windhager mm -hmm. just hasn't hasn't really shown much with scores of 33 and 43, respectively. So basically, those three are... Keep, keep, I mean, you, you can always factor them in, but probably ones that I would be keeping lower on the list. Yep. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just just touching quickly uh, on those to keep an eye on. You can probably, um, I guess, list good old Sammy Walsh here as well because um, you're not really forced to get him this week unless you're me. Um, but uh, keep an eye on Doherty, like I mentioned, uh, but also Clary Oliver, who mm. I guess both of these guys have a subpar score in their three-round rolling average and should at least stay around their price at very least. So I guess you're not forced to trade them in this week. Um, but there are ones to definitely target uh, for your finalized side to come the end of the season. So I guess in Oliver's case, especially, he could potentially drop below 600K because his break-even is 174. So wait and assess next week, I guess this weekend. Um, but you wouldn't be blamed for pulling the trigger on Doc, I think, of those two, who has an achievable break-even of 112. But um, I guess, yeah, whose break-even should stay relatively high next week provided he doesn't absolutely trounce that break even. So um, keep that in mind and um, keep your eye on both of those guys. Now, Liam, it is time for a returning segment. First one of its kind for season 2022. And it is... Compare the pair. Same price. Same position. Same supercoach contribution. But there could be a season of difference between their scoring output. Compare the pair. <laughs> yeah, Damon... That was that was beautiful. Uh, who, who are we? <laughs> who should we? Who are we comparing this week? Uh, just first of all, you're frantically like adding to the run sheet whilst we just did it off cuff. Yeah, we I didn't even need to rehearse it. That's that was true. amazing. That's true. I don't know why I was worried about that. <laughs> we know we know who reads each line. That's that's a good. We shouldn't <laughs> even need to read it. We just know off by heart. But the two guys that we're comparing uh, in this episode is Braden Pruce and Sam Hayes. Uh, very contentious, um, I guess hotly whatever yes. discussed topic um mm. let's kick it off Liam by uh, just a quick discussion point on Braden Pruce yes uh Braden Pruce uh obviously 204.7k averaging that 105.5 with a break even of minus 91 Pruce is potentially on the bubble this week and I say potentially because you never know with Leon Cameron and just Pruce in general um he obviously did sit out round five with that suspension his scores in his previous two games would leave many coaches considering bringing him in as an R3 and I have seen some consider trading him in as an R2 uh for Brady Grundy which is insane um but I just don't want to I just don't want to talk about it because I don't want if if I like if I talk about it it's justifying it um But anyway, so let's move on. Uh, There's a few points that I like to consider with Bruce. Um, One is his potential to miss games through injury and suspension. He's already been suspended twice this season um, and it's only round five. Mm -hmm. And he also didn't play last year just due to multiple injuries. So he's got that injury history and he's got that potential for being suspended. Don't like it. (laughs) The other thing is... Matt Flynn is always going to be waiting in the wings. He did have a very solid game against the Gorn Jackson combo um, with Flynn actually having the most hit outs for the game. Um, so can he get, does he get moved on out of the team for Bruce? Do you drop him straight after that? Does he tag team with Bruce? And what effect does that even have on Bruce's scoring? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. But Damon, before we mm-hmm. sort of have a chat about our, you know, thoughts on, on which one we'd be going with. Do you want to chat about Sam Hayes? Yes, uh, Sam Hayes, so obviously Port Adelaide Ruckman, Seoul Ruckman now because they lost uh, Lysette for for quite a few, uh, well, I think three months. Um, mm. So yeah, he's priced at 123.9. So he comes in priced, uh, what's that, 81, yeah, nearly $81,000 cheaper than Bruce. Uh, his average is 75 and um, his break even, I guess it's just waits to be seen in terms of how he performs on this weekend. Yeah. 
Um, so he's obviously not, uh, like I said, the bubble boy this week. Um, so don't really factor him into your trading plans this week just yet. But uh, with Lysett missing the three months, Hayes has little competition for the number one ruck role at Port. And I guess the other point is his lower price will also mean that he doesn't really require as high scores as Proust will to continue making money. So that's a big a big thing to factor in, I think. Mm, yeah, that's that's where I kind of sit. And I think this is a tough one. It's a tough compare the pair. It's a bit of a yeah. sticky situation. And I think we'll only really be able to make an educated decision once teams are released on Thursday night because I'm a little bit worried about Proust. Um, yep. He does have the highest ceiling you'd expect over Hayes. Um, but it sounds stupid, but his job security is a little bit more questionable. Not that I think he's going to get dropped, but more so just how does he factor in with Flynn? How does he factor in with the team? Does he do something stupid and get suspended again? You know, just it's all those sort of factors that come in. I'm probably going to hold off for Hayes um, and for GoPruce. I think his lower price makes him more makes me feel more comfortable with him as an R3. He's going to instantly give you sort of 80k more cash um, if you if you downgrade him to from a whoever um, as opposed to Braden Proust, um, which gives you instant cash. But then he's also probably doesn't have to score as highly as Proust will to continue making that money. So I, I kind of I'm okay with that. And I think sitting on a on he's not he's not going to be playing for me. He's going to be sitting on the R3 bench unless there's an injury. Um so I'm happy with I'd rather sort of have that cash to be used somewhere else for me personally. Yeah, yeah, definitely correct. Especially on both fronts there in terms of Proust, you know, is we've discussed having the higher ceiling than Hayes. Whereas I guess what's going for Hayes is the fact that he has better job security going for him. So I think it really comes down to, you know, first of all, whether you can afford to fork out an extra 80K odd for Proust over Hayes. And I guess one thing with Hayes that I've noticed, I'm just having a look at the stats because I love my stats as we, as we both do, Liam. Most concerningly, Port were really super conservative with Hayes and his ruck contest attendance percentage, which paints a bit of a picture in terms of, I guess, not, not so much job security, but the fact that they're being really conservative with him, um, with him taking 57% of the ruck um, attendances, whilst Finlayson took 20%, Marshall 14%, and surprisingly, Pal Pepper 9%. But I don't think Port can really afford to run him ragged as the sole mm. ruck. Um, you know, I, I guess he might be pinch hitting in a sense, you know, getting similar sort of numbers to a Nick Natanui potentially, um, just looking at those numbers there. But, you know, they can't really afford to have him as a sole ruck at the expense of him potentially getting injured. Um, and then, because I don't think they really have an alternative um, to to Hayes at the moment. Um, so this timeshare, I think, is something that may continue throughout the year. Um, and you've got to also factor in the fact that it was his first real go at senior level. So, you know, they want to protect him. So maybe that's the fact you know, as to why this happened on this weekend, being his first game. Maybe it opens yeah. up where he has 68%, 70% type um, CBAs or, you know, RCAs, uh, right contest attendances <laughs> like Proust is having. Um, because Proust is around about getting, um, I think he's around about 60, I'm just looking quickly, 67, 66%. And he's getting a chop out from Lockie Keefe and uh, Jake Riccarding, Riccardi in both of his, uh, or two of his, yeah, both of his games, sorry, so far. Whereas Flynn on the weekend had 67% and Keefe had 33%. So no matter who plays, that looks as, <clears throat> that looks as excuse me, COVID, uh, that looks as though that's sort of around about the mark of what Proust is going to have. He's not going to 
that's sort of a cap on his ceiling in terms of what he can do in the ruck. Um, but yeah, it just remains to be seen. I think it's just a long roundabout way of saying it's it's a bit of a flip of the coin. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where price point's a big factor. Like you mentioned, Hayes isn't going to really have to average too much in order to go up more in price than what Proust will. So, um, and it depends as well. If you're relying on Proust on field, I would I would say go for Proust. Sorry, if you're relying on one of these oh, guys yeah. to play on field, yeah. go for Proust because he's got the highest yeah. ceiling. Oh, R3. Can you justify spending the extra 80K if he's just literally sitting there on, on you know, your bench as the R3? Yeah, it's... I don't know. And just quickly as well, um, in terms of buys, who covers who? So that's the other thing to factor in as well in terms of... Mm, um, so I think, I think Bruce... Yes, Bruce will cover both Gorn and Grundy who, who share the same buy. So that... Oh, and so will Hayes. So there you go. So it doesn't really matter in terms of that shouldn't factor that in too much yeah nah no nah. um it's anyway yeah. what would you do damon what's what's your where what way are you leaning i am i really really hate the fact that he's just like well done to him personally for, for making his debut but it's really ill-timed because i had my heart set on Proust, and i know a majority of people are going to go for Proust because he burst on the scene first and we've seen more exposed form um yeah. and like I said before, I'm a, I'm a numbers man and I love to see weight of numbers when it comes to, you know, using sort of the the rolling theme with um, compare the pair is, you know, can past performance be a true indicator of future performance? I don't think it can. But, it, but yeah, I'm very much a numbers man. I'm leaning towards Proust because I can't afford him because I do have uh, that, I'm going to say dead rookie, um, but he's... he's Fleeting, uh, it's Dylan Stevens from the Swans on my bench, priced at 202 300. So I can virtually do a, a straight swap. So that's the reason why, if I had to fork out and try and find a way to, to you know, fork out 80k in order to get Bruce, I would go for Hayes. So it's a bit of an each way bet there, but I'm leaning mm-hmm. towards Bruce ever so slightly. But I don't yeah. know, what, what yeah, about yeah. you, Liam? Yeah, I'm probably the opposite. I'm leaning. As you said, I'm, I'm kind of exact opposite. I'm just leaning towards Hayes, but it's mainly just because he's going to be sitting on as an R3. I'm not worried about his scoring in the sense of I don't need to worry about his scoring on my field. Um, so if he's, he bangs out 75s, I don't really care um, as long as he's making cash. Um, and I think that 80K can be used elsewhere on my field where it might actually mean that I actually get a player um, who is going to affect my scoring week to week. Um Sort of that's where I'm sort of factoring that in. But it is really, to me, a flip of a coin. Um, it's just such unfortunate timing that Hayes is, um, that Hayes, yeah, you know, he's on, he's on the scene. As he is. Yeah. Yep. But exactly. good for him. Good for him. As we say, Liam. For us. But as we say with this. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. Exactly. Spot on. And uh, that is the discussion that was compare the pair. But uh, let's move on to captaincy chat with Liam. I'm, I'm the captain, captain now. now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Uh, yes, we've scrambled through the data and found the best options for your VC and C this weekend. And we'll uh, give you some of our uh, honourable mentions later in the 
in the segment. But first up on Friday night, 7.50, first game of the round against his old side in GWS, we've got Jack Steele, who averages 109.5 over his last four against the Giants, with scores of 91, 149, 98, and 100. Obviously, only one of those scores is sort of captaincy worthy. But I think with his sort of runner form, I mean, his, his scores are just increasing as, as the week as the week progresses, as the weeks progress, sorry. Yeah, exactly right. And, and as a nice little Friday night game, easy VC option, um, good option, I think, if you ask me. Yep, yeah. Against the struggling Giants as well. Um, yeah. Obviously coming off that that thumping, I guess you could call it, um, mm-hmm. against the Ds. So, um, you know, if they're in for a bit of a shit one as well, um, it could really go in the favour of... Jack Steele, but um, the next option is equally, if not more juicy, and it is Jack McRae against the Crows on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. He's averaged 136.25 over his last four against the Crows with scores of 131, 118, 119, and a 177, whopping 177. So that's obviously inflated that overall uh, (laughs) four-game average there, but um, looking very, very juicy for obvious reasons. And the fact that he is in ripping Nick. Um, I think yeah. he went off at one stage on the weekend with a precautionary head knock um, concussion test type scenario, potentially. Um, so, yeah, he came back on and um, scored the 153. So, what a trooper. Love it. Love it. Uh, moving on, we've got Lockie Neal against the Suns on Sunday at 4.10. So, we've gone to a much later game. Uh, averaging 110.5 over his last four against the Suns. With scores of 64, 151, 142, and 85. Yeah. Again, just not great score. I mean, two really good scores in there, 151, 142, but really dragged down by that 64 and 85. But he's just in good form. I mean, I know he only scored the 117 on the weekend, but he's averaging 137.6 for the season. So, I mean, not a bad captaincy option if you need if you need it so just one to one one to factor in i think yeah for sure but there's another guy as well by the name of max gorn who <laughs> is in ripping nick against richmond on sunday at 725 yes. averaging 147.25 over his last four against the tigers with scores of 147 163 145 134 what a ripper you know what else is just on on max gorn his last two scores haven't really come from a change in his role. He's just actually taking marks. Like what we sort of, I guess, alluded to earlier in the season was that his issue wasn't necessarily the role. His issue was the fact that he just wasn't, um, he wasn't taking marks. He wasn't, you know, ground, having that yeah. around the ground effect. Um, so he, there was actually no real change to his uh, to his sort of role in in the last couple of weeks which is good to see from what I understand. So definitely one to consider for that Richmond game as a captaincy option. But last up, and it's going to come from a bit of left field, I reckon, but it's Brody Grundy. As I mentioned, comes up against the Dons on Anzac Day. Big game on Monday at 3.10. And he averages 130.25 over his last four against the Dons with scores of 153 and 83, 151 and 134. So there is a rich run runner form um, against the Dons. And I can see him continuing that this weekend and bouncing back from his, you know, not great score of 53. Yeah. Um, so I, that that's the risk I see with everyone that's trading him out this round as well, is that I really think he's going to bounce back. I really do. 
So he's going to do a bit of a Zaki Butters. Mm, I think he will. I really do. Honorable mentions, Liam. Yeah, I've got your boy Sammy Walsh oh, against Fremantle. You have scores of one twenty four, one thirty eight, one twenty three, and an eighty for an average of one sixteen point five. Obviously, really dragged down by that eighty. Um, bit of a sort of, I guess he's a bit of a pod captaincy option um, for you. What day does he play off the top of my head? I'm not sure. Plays on Sunday, potentially. Saturday, 7.40. So potentially could be a VC option with the sort of this elongated round, elongated round running from Friday to Monday. So depending if you've got a a late enough um, loophole option, he could be someone that you can VC as well. Yes, very nice. But uh, seeing as though you've taken my man, Liam, uh, one that's definitely out of the box and I don't own uh, is uh, is definitely a pod. Baz Linker, a.k.a. Bailey Smith, yes. who faces the Crows and he's coming off the back of scores of 139, 80, 122 and 135. And he's having scored 105, 150 and 87 in his last few against the Crows. So this is purely a speculative selection based on form alone, but I still probably wouldn't choose him. Uh, well, I definitely wouldn't choose him over McRae if I had both of those players in my team. So he's more of a, a pot option if, you, if you've if got a tendency to, to stray from the pack. Um, but yeah, that's that's one that's uh, is a rabbit from the hat. Very nice. Very nice. Now it's normally time for our famous I Gots to Know segment, but we've reserved this spot for our very, very special guest. So let's make him... Welcome. We're now joined by a very special guest who is fresh off winning the weekly prize as the highest scoring team for round five. And uh, a few of our audience would know him already on Facebook as the sole admin of the AFL information trade rumors and results page and for his work on kick it to scoops on YouTube. Let's welcome in Cooper Gretsch, otherwise known as scoops. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks, Damo. Thanks, Lane, for having me on. Thank you. Big score of the weekend. Yeah, B scored two thousand five hundred and fifty-seven. Uh, started off well. I started the week. I always, every single week, I'll go through the Thursday game, keep individually going. Just barrack for my super coach plays. In other words, no matter what teams are playing, when people may think I'm barracking for teams, I might be, but secretly I'm barracking for my super coach plays as well. <laughs> oh, very nice, very nice. And have you ever come? Uh, I mean, I imagine this is your first time winning the weekly. Have you ever come yeah. close to winning it in the past? And uh, I guess. Going back to when you first started, how long have you been playing Supercoach? So I've been playing it for about, for at least, well, since high school. So I've been out of high school for just about five years now. So I've been playing it probably, actually, yeah, about almost 10 years or around that 10-year mark. Um, I've been around the top 5 to 10% range for the last four years. Uh, I did have an off year last year. I could semi-blame COVID, but that was the year before as well. So I probably can't use that excuse. <laughs> Sounds like me. I'll use that excuse. So. <laughs> That's right. I was probably top 20%, around the 20% mark last year. Um, but every other year in the six-year period, I've been top 5 to 10%. And so I've been pretty impressed. But, uh, yeah, good so far. Awesome. So what was the other part of the question? Sorry. Oh, just in terms of, have you ever come close to, to winning the weekly in the past? Or is this like uh, just a bolt from the blue nah, top thing? I've been been top one percent if you're going to count that as close but i suppose it's good enough i've been i think probably around the thousand to 500 range but never really well first or you know realistically in the mix but no it's very good i was just said earlier i was shocked it's great to see 
Yeah, so obviously you had a, a big, big uh, score on the weekend, but uh, how yeah. are you traveling so far in 2022? And did you take any strategy into the into this season in terms of, I guess, your team structure? Yeah, I did, Liam. I had a, normally the plan is to go, you know, as most people would like to do Gorn and Grundy, but this mm. year I've always been sticking tried and true to that. And this year I thought, no, I'm going to try and go against that and try and spend my money elsewhere. And with the cheaper four-line options outside of, you know, Taranto and Butters, and even Butters is a bit cheaper than the premium price, but well, at the start of the year it was. Um, I thought, well, with Cornelio and Gresham, they were the two I wanted to get. So I thought, to try and keep the cheaper plays in, then I could bulk up that midfield. And now, since the start of the year, I brought in... Actually, funny story, I actually didn't... I had Jack still at the start of the year and brought him out once he had that big break, even on like 205 or something like that. Likewise with what Max Gorn had. So... I started with Gorn and Rowan Marshall. Um, then yeah. I've taken Gorn out, and probably two weeks ago, I brought him Tim English, and he scored two hundreds over that period. So that's uh, yeah. My strat- main strategy was to go away from that Gorn Grundy and try and spend that money elsewhere. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of good premium de- defenders. Not so many good rookie defenders to pick from. I was kind of mm. stuck to go with McCartan and uh, Sam DeConing and Nathan O'Driscoll. Or, even though he didn't play round one, but uh, O'Driscoll, that is. But, uh, yeah, now with those three, uh, it seems to be trailing okay, providing no one gets injured there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with, uh, I guess, as you mentioned, you, you've been playing for about that 10 years. Uh, yeah. Any learnings, I guess, that you've adopted over that over that time that you've you've brought into this season of Supercoach? Yeah, so never to stock up on more than four, five max of plays from the one club. Now, probably when I started, mm. I may, some people may be surprised I didn't, always choose St Kilda players uh, in bold <laughs> amount, but um, for any side, like even this year, I started doing my team. I had, I think I had, at one point I had six or seven, I kid you not, in the preseason Collingwood players. And I'm like, mm. shit, I can't have that many. So I'm going to have to, you know, tone it down. Then I'll go, all right, I'll take out this Collingwood player and I'll go see who else is going. Oh, yeah, I'll get this player. Oh, damn, it's another Collingwood player I'll pick in between. <laughs> so I had Dacos and Pat Lipinski, who's probably my, was my secret weapon, I suppose, pre-season. Mm-hmm. When I had done my own so-called team reveals, I didn't fully reveal the team. There was two players I was hiding from telling people I was picking, and Pat Lipinski was one of those two, and uh, he's done pretty well consistently. I think he's averaging 94. So, um, yeah, I, the trend is basically not to pick more than four players from the one club. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things you kind of live and learn. I've, I've been playing since, um, like yourself, since high school as well, but... I finished yeah. high school back in 2005, so um, I've been yeah. playing for most of my life. Um, so probably a quarter of my yeah. life, probably a third. Yeah, but um, yeah. just in terms of, uh, I guess you've kind of touched on there. I was going to say, surprising when I when I heard that uh, you'd miraculously won the weekly prize. I had a look at your team, mm. and I was thinking, surely he hasn't picked a complete lineup full of St Kilda players, which was a surprise because <laughs> I know how much you love your Sainers, and yeah. you, you touched on there in terms of. Some of those trades that you made, you know, you you brought in um, English at the expense of Gorn, that sort of thing. Were there any other, yep. I guess, major moves that you made outside of that? And I wanted to touch on as well. I noticed that you've got Sinclair in your team. He is a Sainter, of course, yep. but when did you trade him in? And um, I guess when did you trade him in? If you did, or did you start with him? I actually just brought in Sinclair for the round just gone. So uh, ah. thanks to Sinclair for popping up for another big score for me and. <laughs> Providing it, but one interesting move I did have that probably won me the super coach, we might find intriguing was Jack Hayes. Now, with I always had Jack Hayes and Nick Martin from Essendon from the start, and I had that loophole with Ned Long from Hawthorne. 
I see some people going, oh, why would Jim Nedlong on the ground? He's fluked it. Well, no, that was a clear strategy. If people know what a loophole is and you check the teams, you check if the player's going to be on the emergency list and Nedlong wasn't in the extended squad for Hawthorne when they announced that on Thursday. So I knew for then I could use that loophole of him. Had a look, obviously, when the Saints and Essendon were playing, St Kilda were playing first. So I put clearly, as you guys would know, that put the emergency on Hayes. If he goes well, I'll take his score. If he doesn't go well, well, then there's Nick Martin there who's performing well as well. So, yeah, that was my uh, that was probably the move that won me the round. Had I not gone with Jack Hayes to score, and uh, I would have lost by two points so, to whoever was second. So, yeah, yeah, so thank God for Jack Hayes. And uh, thankfully, St Kilda played first. Because if Nick Martin played first and scored what he scored this round in 71, I actually would have taken that. So, therefore, yeah. if I did, I would have lost yeah. by the two points. So, yeah, mm. I suppose you can thank Trevor Zolder at the fixture. And uh, <laughs> to, to take your score. Otherwise, this wouldn't have happened. It sounds like you owe a few uh, a few beers to a couple of St Kilda players there and um, yeah. and, to, and to good old Trev there for the uh, the fixture. That's right. People complain about the fixture, but for this one, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, are there any, I guess, primos as well that you're looking to target in the next, you know, week or two or just first up, yeah. I guess? Yeah, well, I've just recently, I haven't done any trades officially so far while we're recording mm-hmm. this for this round and I might may not do so. But more on the cheaper premium side is Tom Green as well. Um, obviously performed really well. He's always racking up over 30. Um, yeah, I brought him in only a few weeks ago as well. So And Paddy Cripps, people had earlier in the year. I didn't start with him. I did bring him in actually the week before he got injured. So I only kept him for a round or two. Um, and he obviously may be back this week, maybe. But I wasn't yeah. risking to keep him. There was that little thought of keeping him on the bench. But I thought, no, well, this weekly prize wouldn't happen had I benched him and just used a rookie. Connor McDonald would have been the one I would have used. So luckily I didn't go that way. So for the yeah. premium, so yeah, Jack McRae is always a lock. And he gets over 30 every week. Uh, it's a no-brainer. I know I said I just traded Jack Steele back in after having him at the start. He's someone that, had he not had that high break, even I would have kept in because he's obviously ultra reliable. Clayton Oliver, another one to keep in. Daniel Rich, who I started the last few years with, I started him this year and then took him out for Jack Sinclair. The round just gone. So that move worked out well. Again, had a high break even. Um, and yeah, James Sicily, I mean, cheaper premium at 440 odd. Um, it was a no brainer as well to bring in Sicily, who's obviously very good with his ball use and always gets over 20 every week. Yeah, nice one. And I guess uh, as as a, as a super coacher for for a long period, you'd have yep. those players that you like to avoid as well in super coach. And I know I've got yep. a few. Um, yep. What? Who are they? Who 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 do you you know sort of automatic non selections? I reckon we share. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, have a few. I had a brain fart. I can't remember. But there is Keith, or the particular, maybe not a particular player, but a position wise. Yep. Do not target key position defenders. That just pretty stupid to you know to get a key defense outside maybe the rare few like maybe Stephen May this year but mm. you know players like uh he's a very good player just one off the top of my head's Alex Pierce like he's a great defender I know he's injury prone as well but plays like that they may be good in their role but they're not super coach player roles so you don't touch them and key forwards probably outside of key forwards outside of Tom Hawkins maybe not even him um key forwards I wouldn't touch either because plays like I was talking to one of my mates he had He's not very experienced at all. He's having, having to go for his first year. Jeremy Cameron in his team. Like, may I know you yeah. go for Geelong, and I know he's a good <laughs> forward, but you can't have Jeremy Cameron because if he's not, even when he's kicking four goals, like it is a couple of times this year, he still hasn't cracked 100. So, you know, mm. you've got to avoid key position players in either end of the field. 
It sounds like you've, you've done it well as well, like in terms of separating yeah. your, your heart from your head. Like, you yes, know, I was joking exactly. before about, you know, expecting to see you have a team full of St. Kilda players, but it's the yeah. same sort of thing. You've got to, you've got to use your head. And even though you'd love to have, you know, as many other St. Kilda players in your team, um, yeah. you know, because you love watching them and you, and you get extra enjoyment out of watching them for a super coach, yeah. um, from a super coach perspective as well. But you've kind of got mm-hmm. to separate the two, don't you? Um, That's right. Yeah, you can't have many from the same team. No matter what the club is, and especially your own team, make it look even worse. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's there's one player that um I thought you may have mentioned, and it's one that Liam and I sort of half joke about, but sort of half serious yeah. as well, because he always burns us when we own him, and he, he burns yeah. us a couple of years ago uh, when we did own him early on, and then he came good after we traded him, and it is Bont, Marcus Bont and Pally. Yeah. Are you? I know some people love him, other people hate yeah. him. Is it one of those yeah. things where you know? Are you? You know, because he's he's a unique sort of player. He's can play up forward, can mm. play in the midfield, roam around the yep. ground. But yeah, he's just one of those guys that's just burnt us in the past, and he's probably a burn man. And he's on my not never mm. again list, but he's he's a market yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, I haven't honestly, I haven't really considered him mainly for a few reasons. Not not for the reasons people may expect. It's probably more so for his price. And I know he's he, he pulls some scores over a hundred that. You look at the stats compared to other people having similar stats where he's scoring somehow getting an odd 150 but plays with similar, you know, disposal efficiency and score involvements and everything like that, clearances. They might be having 10 possessions more than him and better efficiency, and yet they're scoring less. Mm. The player's scoring better with the stats compared to him. But, uh, yeah, Bond, no, again, his main reason I don't have him and I haven't really considered him is his price. And, I mean, when I got McRae or when I started with McRae, Steele and Oliver, and Andy Brayshaw, who's highly underrated to who. I mean, you can't have five mids at over 580-odd. So, I mean, mm. he's kind of one that's been left out. And if his price does drop to around, if it does, drop to around 500,000, 480-odd, then, I mean, you'd have to surely consider him at that stage. I did actually now, just thinking about it, a play that I would never touch again. And I haven't touched him for a few years, and I never will again. I don't care if he's 400,000. Is Michael Walters never, ever going <laughs> yes. to grab Michael yeah. Walters? Yeah. Very never. Good. Yeah. Very good. I think, Liam, did you trade him in one year? Yeah, I, I had him more. I yeah. had him two years ago, three years ago maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yes. I'm the same. I, I actually that brought up a lot of memories. Oh, yes. A lot of bad memories. <laughs> no. No, <laughs> never touch. Unless even if it's for maybe one game in the last round when you or something like that, if you need a premium player at an average price and you've got, say, one trade left, it has to be someone at his price range. I'd probably then maybe take it. That's the only time I'll consider him. But when you've got the game on the line, no. No yep. chance. No, smart. Yeah. Smart. To, um, to finish off the chat, uh, Coops, uh, were there any yep. words of wisdom you can impart on our listeners and viewers heading into round six and beyond? Yeah, don't burn all your trades straight away. Last year, I did say about my ranking was probably my worst year. Again, trying different strategies and... Um, it did not use them more early. I had a point last year. I think it was around four rounds to go. It was the round that Scott Pendlebury got injured. I don't know what round that was. I think it was his hand or finger or something. He missed the rest of the season. That round, I actually brought him in, and that was my last trade. And then to bring him in for my last trade, with about four rounds to go, and then get injured, and then I couldn't had no bench that following week. So mm. I've Three of the last four rounds, I think I had no cover for him on the bench because they all weren't playing either. And, uh, yeah, and it burned me. That's probably what got me to around the top 20% of last year. So, yeah, don't burn all your trades so early and uh, use them wisely. I've, I've used six, so seven so far, 
which is probably a lot. But and use your boost trades wisely too. You probably mm. ideally want to have three boost round trades around the mid season near the buy rounds. So otherwise, you might be in trouble there. Have you used any uh, or many of the boosts so far? <laughs> yeah, so I've used seven trades and two of those have been with the three boosts. So, uh, yeah, probably not ideal. I'm not I'm planning to touch a boost until one of the buy rounds. So, and then we'll go from there and assess from there. But it is, it is interesting though, if I do hang around the top 1% around the top 200 range, I'm going to have to think even harder if I want to stay in that range to balance whether I do use them or not, mm. but probably don't want to touch them. So yeah, don't waste your trades early. Otherwise you're screwed in the back half. Yep. Yeah. sounds very similar. We had uh, last year's uh, reigning champ, uh, Supercoach yep. Mama on M Chalice, and she uh, was sort of imparting the same words of wisdom as well. So it's um, yeah. you've got to kind of remember, don't you? It's it's not a sprint; it's a marathon, and uh, the season That's goes right. for twenty two weeks or twenty three weeks. Yeah. And um, you know, you don't want to be burning your trades up until the last month of the season, where you find players getting rested, players getting injured, all that sort of stuff. So, um, especially mm. if you want to be, if you're around the mark, which you are now, Coops, like you know, you, uh, yeah. you want to be uh, sticking around that mark. Yeah. Yep. And sort of guessing what other other I guess super coaches are doing, and hoping uh, fingers crossed that they're burning through trades and you're conserving them, and then you can just speed mm. home um, for the uh, the finish line. Awesome, as mate. Well, thank you so much for uh, for giving us your time, mate. Yeah, you've uh, you've been awesome, and I reckon off the back of that, we can probably call ourselves the um, the three wise men. I reckon. Hopefully, that's right. <laughs> I'll take that, Damo Liam. Thanks, thanks yeah. for having me on, guys, and the luck of your page. And I'll uh, put a plug up for you guys soon. So thanks for that. Oh, thank you so much, mate. It's been a uh, so ripper chatting to you, and um, right. you know, would be uh, keen to to get you to jump on sometime in the future if you're uh, if you're equally as good. Absolutely, sounds good, guys. Cheers. Awesome, and with that Thanks. as well, um, don't forget to check out uh, Kick It to Scoops on YouTube, and um, of course, check out his Facebook page as well, which is um, AFL Information, Trade Rumors, and Results. And uh, we'll got that speak right, soon. Thing, Cheers, <laughs> awesome. Guys. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Coops. Right. Cheers. Yes, that was Cooper Gretsch, and thank you so much for uh, for joining us, Cooper. You've uh, absolutely nailed, uh, I guess, the weekend in itself mm. as a whole. Absolutely nailed it. So well done, mate, and uh, great to have you on. But uh, let's quickly just have a, a bit of a, a bit of a peek at the group group rankings and Supercoach Edge Cash League. Um, so in terms of the group rankings, the highest scorer for round five was Peter with the Booze Hounds with a score of two thousand three hundred sixty five. And the overall high scorer is Jeevan with uh, Jev's Jets with a total score of 11,664 and an overall rank of 159. So well done there, Jev's Jets. But uh, if you want to enter the Supercoach Edge group of which you can join at any time, the code is 142059. Yes, and just quickly updating on our Supercoach Edge Crown League for Tier 3 Patreon subscribers. The winners from this round were Damon with his team, D, DJ Trade-A-Lot, Jacqueline with her team, Mid-Price Madness, uh, Peter with his team, Tankman77, Kyle with his team, Northwind, North Wind, and Matthew with team, Orion. And we'll just quickly run through the ladder, um, as I think we mentioned we would do. Last yes, round. Whilst, whilst you're looking at that, Liam, I'm just going to quickly mention um, Peter, who is my future father-in-law of um, Tankman77. He actually, because we, we had Good Friday dinner at your place with your family. Mm. It was very, very kind of you to invite us all over. And you might have noticed uh, Peter and myself having a bit of a chat. We got in trouble, actually, for talking too much Supercoach. And it was because Pete, and he's probably listening to this or watching it on YouTube, he was 
having a bit of a bit of a chat to me slowly and was like, oh, I'm actually playing Liam this round. I don't think he knows. And he was looking at your team and he was like, oh, I think, you know, do you think I'm a, a good chance of beating him and stuff? What trades do you reckon he's doing? So he would be absolutely stoked. I haven't spoken to him since the round finished, but he would be stoked that he's beaten you. <laughs> I know. I know. Classic. Was was a good was a good match was a good match I will say, um, very good. But Mate, unfortunate, to, nice of you, Liam. yeah. Got to got to do these things sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, let's let's have a quick look at the ladder. Um, on top of the ladder, we've got Kyle with his team Northwind. Damon, you're in in second spot. Oh wow! Okay, love it. Right you on. took my spot. I was in second spot last oh, round. You just warmed really my sad. seat. Thank you, Liam. Oh, kind of you. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. <laughs> but anyway, uh, in third spot, we've got Brett with his team, the Sharpshooters. In fourth spot, it's myself with Church of Parish. Peter, with his win against me on the weekend, finds himself in fifth spot with oh. his team, Tankman, 77. Jacqueline is in mid-price, with her team, Mid-Price Madness, is in sixth. Black on white with from uh, Arthur is seventh. Eighth spot is Matthew with his team, Orion. Ninth, Bruce with his team, Shuin. Shuin. And Lyle Styles in in a tenth spot. Uh, so, you know, but Lyle has is on the board. He has there's no yeah. one's no one's Owen nice. in uh in in this in this league, which is nice to see. The only Owen is the bloke that's on uh, Scoops's bench who plays this in Kilda. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only Owen that we know of. Yeah, I, yeah. Exactly. But uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, but before we go, let's just uh, have, a, have a bit of a recap of all of our social channels. And before I throw to you, Liam, to do that, uh, don't forget to jump on our Discord. Uh, of course, we've opened the doors. We've flung the doors open to our Discord chat, our community. So um, make sure if you are on Discord and if you aren't, join up and join our Discord because it's a, um, it's a thriving community that we want to grow and thrive even more. So... Um, to, in order to do that, um, check out on, I guess, Facebook, Twitter. I'll be putting up a post as well about that. Um, so, yeah, click the link, click the link, go through, join up, join in the conversation. Bit of banter, bit of fun, bit of laughter. So, check it out. But, Liam, what about our social channels? Yes, if you want to find us on YouTube to, uh, you know, watch watch this podcast as in its video format, you can search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, on Twitter, you'll find us at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at damoj88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. On Facebook and on Instagram, uh, you'll also find us at supercoach edge. Yes, well, that's a wrap. And uh, with that, I'm about to jump back into bed, I think, because I'm absolutely mm. cooked. I don't know how I've lasted this <laughs> hour long episode, but I was, there was, there was a time there where I needed to be benched. I was, I was running out of gas. I was, my Franco my right, was, yeah, he was, he was on standby, wasn't he? <laughs> Franco was doing laps of the hallway, getting ready to. Uh, I could hear him like knocking in. on the door, like <laughs> rapping on the door, scratching like a cat, like let me in, let me in. But yeah, my right eye was tearing, and I had to blow my nose and stuff. So apologies to those of you listening and watching out there um, to watch me battle through this this COVID battle in itself. But hopefully, I kick its ass, and um, I'll be back fit and firing for next week, and you won't hear this congested voice of mine. <laughs> But uh, thanks again, Liam, for for joining me. And um, thank you to listeners and the viewers. And we'll catch you next week. Yeah, and I hope you're feeling better next week, David. Thank you. (laughs) 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.